Welcome to the Crimson Circle Connection Center here live in Louisville, Colorado. We're here for our monthly shout. Mm. And I hope you can imagine that this shout in particular, we were all invited to come in costume. Like as your favorite aspect. As your favorite aspect, yeah. yes, or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there was a lot of whatevers. There were a lot yeah. of whatevers yeah, here yeah. today. So we're, it was really fun, and it's been fun to watch everybody explore their different aspects. And we, have a, we had everyone stand up and everybody walk through. We had some voting because it is a little bit of a competition, and there is a little bit of a prize for number one. By the way, for people just tuning in who don't listen to the first part, uh, would you explain what you're dressed up as? I'm dressed up as my style aspect, which is very angry because the only thing that seems to be in style is gray. It's gray, yeah, yeah. So I guess that means it's also a gray aspect, yeah, which is not the best. Not the best aspect, no, no. So she's all upset about uh, the current trend in fashion to grow gray, but isn't that kind of a statement in a way about the world and consciousness and all the rest of that? A little gray, yeah. A little gray. A little gray. Okay. And don't you want to know what I came dressed up as? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Go I, ahead. No, I, no, no, no. Wait, wait. You don't dress up very often. I'm always looking for an excuse, but you don't do it very often. I don't. No, you love dressing up. I love, love dressing down. And uh, I came as Captain Caldra, Robot Slayer. And uh, you know, and what I do is uh, when I encounter bad robots, not all robots, because like we have one at home that's actually kind of nice, called Roomba. She cleans the floor. I don't mess with her, but if I encounter a bad robot or an android, bad android, I send them back in time before the time of machines, so that yeah. hey, hey, give me a break. I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, I scare the hell out of them anyway. So uh, we, we have. Uh, you don't need that outfit to be scary when you're pissed. No, I know. We have a lot of people who got really dressed up, did a great job. It was narrowed down by our judges, which I am not one of. Uh, it's to, anonymous. To don't six go there. people, staff unfortunately not included. Let's have all six come up to the front, and then okay. we'll do the audience scream and yell, you know. And uh, I do have the grand prize. Right okay. here, All ready right. and waiting. So okay. please, Linda, call them up. So it means your cheering is going to have to be real clear because there's only one. Okay. Okay, so this is what it was has come down to. Andy Glass, where are you, sir? Andy, come on up front. All right. Okay. That come takes on up courage. Here. Okay. Henrietta Gregorio. Yeah, great outfit. Henriette. Kind of matches mine, or kind of, in a way. Yeah, yeah. All right. Kate Henry. The oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so she's going to clean it up. Aspect cleaner. Yeah, don't spray that on me. Oh, spray it on Linda. All that gray will come off, yeah. Scott okay. Nash. Scott Nash. Is that Scott? Yes. Oh, my God. Really creepy. Oh, I think I'm I, like drunk or something when I look at. <laughs> yeah. Janice Reichstadt. All right, all right. A little bit of everything there. Pirate monarch. Half butterfly, half yeti. A child of a yeti. Yeah. That must and have been a big night on the town. Last but not least. 
Last but not least, here we go. Elizabeth Williams. Elizabeth, all right. Okay. Okay, if you'd all just uh, stand together and everybody take a good look. Uh, We've got to narrow this down to just one, as difficult as that is to do. Linda is going to be calling out the names for a voice uh, and clapping vote. Okay, we'll start with Elizabeth Williams. Elizabeth. Janice Reichstadt. Janice. Scott Nash. Kate Henry. Henriette. Okay. Andy Glass. Hey, I got fire! <laughs> okay, Linda, um, what do you think? We got to narrow it down to three. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I definitely would have to say Andy. I heard, and um, I'm lost now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I would narrow it down to Janice. I agree, Janice, okay. And Andy. And Kate. There, that's the three. And Scott. Wait. <laughs> no, it was hard. So the four of you, please stay here, and we'll have to do it again. We'll have to do it again. All right. That's difficult, I mean. So really let it out this time, because last time was kind of grayish, if you know what I mean. You know, let it out. So we have four finalists on stage. Linda, once again, would you read the names? And let's hear the, your okay. approval. These are in order of, my, of, of a list. It's not them. Okay. So raise your hand when I call your name. Andy Glass. Okay. And uh, Kate Henry. And Scott Nash. And... Janice Reichstadt. Okay, I think we can narrow it down to two, Kate and Janice, uh, as our two uh, contestants. Okay, sorry to prolong this and drag this out. This is just so difficult. So we're going to narrow it down to two. Now, let's just really uh, feel into it and... They're both very creative. Yeah, very creative. I know it's difficult, but... Very chambre-esque. All right, let's all hear it for Kate... And let's all hear it for Janice. I think it's Kate. I think it's Kate. Kate, yeah. Congratulations. It was close. It was really close. It was really close. close. And thank you, everybody, for getting dressed up. Mind releaser. Mind releaser. Shut up. <laughs> congratulations. Anyway, congratulations. Thank you, everybody. Some great costumes. And in my book, you're all winners. You get a participant award. You know. <laughs> all right. I think it's time we're going to get into the, uh, the shout with Adamus. I think he's ready. And uh, see what happens. Okay. This has been quite a bit of chambre antics. Okay. So I yeah. think we're ready. Yeah. I always wonder about people you know, tuning in for the first time ever. It's probably the last time. No, ever. they know because they probably go, now that's fun. Yeah. You know, that's not all stuffy really? and macchio. And Is that's, that what your mom would think? Well, that's what I think. I like to think. I have to think. <laughs> all right.
Linda, take it away. So again, thank you for all of the Chamber and the live audience here that took the risk and put out these incredible creative outfits. There were so many clever ideas here to try to narrow it down to one is crazy. So thank you for participating and playing. Adamus always invites us to dress up and act out. We can do it. Okay, so with that, with that, let's take that good deep breath of life because it's time for Adamus if you choose. Take the good deep breath of life and let the energies flow. Breathe deeply with feeling and allowing. Breathing from the heart of you. Take that good deep breath of life. Feeling, allowing. Breathe with all that you are in this now moment. Breathing as the Merlin that human and master. Take that good deep breath of life as the music plays. And imagine this song as the master singing to the human. Be with that good deep breath, the breath of life. Feel with all your senses. I am that I am, Adamus of Sovereign Domain. Let's take a deep breath as we bring together all the energies of Shambra from all over the world. Shambra who are here on the planet right now at this time of machines. Shambra who have crossed over to the other side, but are still so very actively involved in what all of you are doing. Take a good deep breath and bring our energies together at this incredible, incredulous, amazing time. I'm going to. Calder uh, is asking a small favor from uh, dear Linda Visa, if she's so willing. Uh oh. Uh, it's very small. Uh, would you mind um, taking off Calder's boots? Oh, thank God. That's yeah. all you're asking. You had me worried there. Oh, man. Yeah, that's nothing. As I was preparing to come in, he felt very awkward, and it's oh. like he left his boots on, so it doesn't matter to me. But uh, he would like those oh, taken off. I'm Thank so you. relieved. This is nothing. Isn't, isn't nothing, she amazing? Nothing. Energy serves Caldro. Yes, yes. Yeah, there we go. Some yeah. of those watching in may think this is a little strange, but. Okay. Uh, yeah, everything's strange. Everything. And, I'll just have my coffee while you and Calder do your thing. Oh, yeah. You got it, baby. You got it. And Calder's saying that, yes, now we have this on film. <laughs> I'm staying out of it. I'm, I'm, Could you have I'm tied the these any tighter? I'm just the ascended master here. Ah, only a master can be in service, right? <laughs> uh, could you be in service a little faster? Oh! 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 You be nice! Jesus! And Wait, would you, you got pull, a pin, are you Pull nuts? the pants legs down? Okay. Yes. Would you like me to change your underwear? <laughs> are you talking to Calder or to me? Great. Now he's much more settled in, and we can continue. Uh, I, love when, I love when you get dressed up. No, I really do. It makes, it makes a big difference in the energy. I hope some of you at home got, 
dressed up, uh, even though you might be alone. You start to realize it is all an act. And the human act is probably the greatest of all the acts that you've ever had, but it's all an act. It really is. When you get dressed up, it gets you out of the rut. It, it, it opens you up a little bit. So get dressed up more often. Um, maybe not as a robot. We have a little bit of an issue with that, but um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, dear Shambra, it, it's, a, it's a big act, the human act. And right now, <coughs> there's something going on <coughs> with the human act that uh, has me a bit concerned. Uh, not, not a lot concerned, but just a bit. I, I wonder why the act is going on. I guess I can understand, because what's happening right now is, is simply beyond, uh, really unscripted, what's happening on the planet. It's never happened before. You know the time where we were kind of on an Atlantean track, and you could make analogies energetically to what had happened in Atlantis uh, for the whole planet, and I mean all humans could tie into that. We're beyond that now, going into totally new realms. As Chambra, you're going into something that you may find incredulous. And the human plays a game almost pretending that it's too much and, and that it uh, – uh, pretending that it's unsure, it's not really – knows that it's ready for this. We've been talking very clearly, very specifically in our gatherings, I would say for at least the last three years very clearly about what you're really here for. And the funny thing is, it's really not for enlightenment. It's not for enlightenment. Uh, you, you thought it was, and to the human that was a, a great uh, goal. What an achievement to aspire to realization. But perhaps you're going to realize that that's not what you're here for. That's going to happen. I mean, that's a given, because you chose it in this lifetime. You waited, as I've told you many times. You waited, but now you're here. But it's actually really not about the Enlightenment. It's about staying on the planet. Enlightenment's a given for each and every one of you. It's going to happen. And not because the human is working at it, not because you hold it as some glorious ideal, not because uh, you've worked hard and you suffered, actually, actually works against you. It's going to happen because you've chosen it. And when I say you, I'm talking to the human and to the Master in this lifetime. And it's not going to happen when you're uh, necessarily because you're doing weeks and weeks of uh, fasting and meditation and prayer and chanting and all the rest of that. It's just going to happen. You know, in our gathering last month, I said, is it time we start putting together a code, uh, a book or something, uh, with kind of guidelines or outlines? And it, it, we'll continue talking about that. We, we had an interesting session in uh, the Land of the Unknown recently at Norway, where we talked about it and uh, we, we tried it. It didn't go very well. I'm sorry for those of you who were there, but uh, we tried. But actually, what came from there is it is more about going to be your stories that make the difference. The stories kind of are going to have all the, the information, the guidelines, the advice for everybody. And what's going to be really interesting in your stories is 
the day you came to, to realization. And in the stories, it's not going to be uh, a day where suddenly the clouds parted and uh, lightning bolts came down. It's not going to be uh, when anything in particular is happening. It's just going to be an- like another day in a lot of ways. It's just going to happen. It's going to have you so uh, perplexed because it didn't come as a result of uh, a tragic uh, incident or accident in your life. It didn't come as a result of deep meditation or breathing exercises. It's just going to happen. You know, it's kind of like um, kind of like happens in dream state sometimes, or or even in death. But sometimes you're like, am I really dreaming or am I awake? And so often. When people cross over, like recently our dear friend Timothy, uh, Timothy Smith, crossed over, and it took him a, almost a week to realize he was dead. No, and that's good, because there was no pain. He just kind of slid over. And he spent a while wondering. And he was kind of like, um, he wasn't totally on the other side, but he certainly wasn't here. And he just took this time to feel into himself. And uh, he got to realizing that he, he, was, he was dead. I mean, that was it. But he also realized in that moment that he kind of missed it, the, the whole death thing, and he kind of felt bad that it just happened as, damn it, I, I, I didn't even get to experience it, because he was so busy allowing his realization in that moment. Allowing his realization. And th- then shortly after that, he crossed over. Your stories, when, not when you die, but when you when you come to your realization, are going to be so beautiful, because it wasn't some superhuman activity going on at the time. I mean, you might be just washing dishes, or maybe out taking a walk. Uh, it might occur, we wake up in the morning and say, that was a hell of a dream. A dream that I was suddenly realized, and then you realized it wasn't a dream, it just kind of happened during the night, just kind of moved in. Those are going to be the beautiful stories of coming to your realization. And that's why I say, you didn't come here in this lifetime on the planet for your realization. I mean, that's kind of like uh, saying you, you, you go to a restaurant just to eat. That's kind of obvious. I mean, the, the, the realization is given. Could you feel into that for a moment, each and every one of you, every one of you, those watching in, watching in now or later, Feel into that for a moment. The realization is a given. Can you, the human aspect, allow that? No working at it. No planning it. No suffering to get there. It's all about allowing. And you know, I know some of you are impatient, but don't be. Enjoy what it was like to get there. Enjoy the experience, and be still and in peace in knowing that your realization comes in this lifetime. It doesn't matter if it's tomorrow or if it's ten years from now. It doesn't matter if it's like Timothy, uh, kind of the realization and crossing over all at the same time. It doesn't matter. It comes. The important thing is you've been working at it for lifetimes. You know, you could really you could really kind of pinpoint and say that starting in this whole time of Yeshua, over 2,000 years ago, the planting of the seeds of divinity on this planet, which eventually resulted in a lot of religions, 
you've been working on it ever since. And you've been in the religions. You helped start them. You've done more oming and oming and meditating and breathing and sucking and blowing and everything else that you could po- not, not like that, sorry. Then you could possibly imagine in reading and studying and, and stressing and confusing. You've been doing that for many, many lifetimes. Now, just allow it, okay? It comes to you. There is, I can assure, I can guarantee. And Calder's triple checking me. You know, he's like the fact checker at a magazine or a, a news station. He's got to like, do you really mean that, Adamus? I really mean it. I guarantee that you are going to have your realization in this lifetime. I know the date, or close to. Uh, I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, and it doesn't matter. But can you take a deep breath with that? Stop stressing with thinking that this lifetime is all about being realized. It's not. That's a given. It's going to happen. Take a deep breath with that. I feel a lot of relief, but I also feel a lot of doubt in the room right now, saying, is this just uh, one more promise? Is this just uh, something we're being spoon-fed? Well, first of all, it's a whole lot better than me saying, uh, okay, most of you aren't going to make it. <laughs> Try again next lifetime. <laughs> Sorry, you did not make it this lifetime. I recently told the group um, that uh, if, if I was going to come back, which I never would, if I was going to come back, I'd be a game show host. Uh, I would so mess with people's minds, uh, all as a part of playing games. <laughs> So it's a lot better than saying a few of you might make it, most of you won't. So at least I'm optimistic on that. And to the human, to the human it's very incredulous. Who, me? Don't I need to work on it a little bit more? I'm kind of messed up. If you didn't notice, Adamas, I'm kind of like a little wacky. Uh, you, mean, you mean I'm going to make it? Yes, you are. And the sooner you realize, don't work at it. Don't stress about it. Don't uh, fight it. Don't, don't even invite it. Meaning, don't don't beg it to come to you. You just sit there and allow. You could be out fishing when it happens. You could, you could be uh, taking a shower. That's a great place for realization when you're in the shower. Uh, it, it's just it's cleansing <laughs> in so many ways. That's a given. You're here on the planet really for something else. It sounds – I keep using the word incredulous because it's a, it's a very appropriate word – it sounds incredulous, and it's that who-me syndrome. Who-me? Yeah, you. You came to this planet knowing that realization was going to happen, and you played a, a wonderful game, and I'm going to make it really hard to get there, so I'll never forget that I got there. But you came to the planet just to be a light on the planet at this time of machines. And uh, I say that, but you know, you know how long on average it takes from the time I, or or in the past, uh, Tobias would say something, you know, profound, mind blowing, to the time you really got it. You know, I, I would say something in, in a shout. You would hear it in your ears. It would go into your mind. You'd use it sometimes as a macchio cliché, but you really didn't get it in your life. Do you know the average time between the profundity that comes out and then you, boom, bringing it into your life? 5.2 years. 
for you in the back that said 10 years, that's correct. For you. (laughs) 5.2 years. Let's tighten that up a little bit. I mean, we got a lot of work ahead of us. Uh, Fun work, exciting work, going to be sad work at times, really sad at times. Um, I'll talk about it in just a bit. (laughs) But uh, you find that the coexistence between suffering and freedom just isn't going to happen very well on this planet. Coexistence between those who are choosing pain and suffering, and they are choosing it. Nobody is inflicting it on them. Coexistence between suffering and pain, and then over here freedom and what we call magic, it's going to be very difficult to coexist together. Feel into it for a moment. Here you have a tremendous number of people on the planet that are still buying into pain and suffering, limitation and lack. And then you have people who truly understand freedom, freedom of energy, freedom of their perceived past, freedom to be who they are. It's a difficult coexistence. And basically that's kind of why, first of all, you chose to stay, to perhaps, perhaps uh, cast a light on other humans, open up potentials, not to change their minds, not to convince them, but simply to illuminate potentials in their lives. So you chose to be here for that, to be that um, bringer of light, but not a instigator of light, not one who inflicts it on others, simply to be that light. That's why you're here. That's the reason. At this time of machines. Now, to the human sitting here, it's like, wow, that's really incredulous. I mean, that, that sounds like a great big movie. It's not. I mean, it's, it's real. I'd like you to take just a moment, dear human who's playing the game that, well, that sounds too big. I mean, who, me? Uh, maybe, maybe somebody else. Who, me? We really want you to feel into it for a moment and feel let yourself feel the Master and the wisdom explain it to you a little bit in words that I, I couldn't possibly. Take a moment to just feel that while why you are really here. For the human, it may seem like a very tall order, a big task. The human uh, who still thinks that they need to work on things, the human says, I don't know if I can do that. And I want you to listen to a moment to the Master within, to your wisdom within, and see if there's any familiarity with that. You're really here to be a light that shines upon potentials for other humans, especially at this time of machines. So the game that's played sometimes is, oh, I'm not quite ready for it. The game that's played is, this is too big, too tall of an order. The game that's played is, I'm doing this whole enlightenment thing and I'm working on it. And No, you're not. You're playing a game, a game 
I'm working on my enlightenment. Well, first of all, as you know, I told you, the human can't possibly do it. So let that one go. Quit playing the game. It happens. It's, it's a done deal. A million dollars to whoever doesn't uh, get their realization in this lifetime. You have to collect that on the other side, but it's a <laughs> small detail, small detail. You're here to bring the Merlin to the planet, the light that simply illuminates potentials to humanity. That's it. Not to tell them where the potentials are, or not to tell them which one to choose but just to illuminate potentials. That's it. And then perhaps, perhaps, what will occur with that is this thing that I said that I know some of you find a little rough, but suffering cannot coexist with freedom. Within a person, within a community, within a planet, it simply can't. It's one of the reasons why New Earths have been created, where there is no suffering, there is no need for suffering, nor lessons, just in case this Earth um, chooses not ever to go by the way of, of freedom. Freedom uh, is freedom uh, with energy, freedom with oneself, uh, the sovereignty. And I say this because it's going to be one of the most difficult things that you're going to encounter that um, it's very difficult for these two things to coexist, suffering and freedom. But feel into that for a moment. How, how could you really be free if you're still suffering in your life? So to the human, I say, on this day of costumes and acting, stop acting so doubtful. Stop acting like the who-me aspect. Who, me? I'm realization, and bigger yet that I'm here to do this thing of bringing light to the planet? And we're not going to go around portal opening. We're not going to go around grabbing people off the streets and, and bringing them into the – to indoctrinate them. It's not that kind of thing. It, here's a, this is the, it's this simple. It is really this simple. I told this to a group recently, to our Threshold Reunion, and love to share it with you. The Master's office is a park bench and a cafe. That's it. That's your job. You go to the park bench, you go to the cafe or whatever. That's your, that's your office. You sit there, do whatever you want to do. Read, write a book, write a play, read the newspaper, maybe not. Uh, whatever. Observe people. That's always a lot of fun. Just watch people. Feel their energy. And some of you are like, oh, I can't do that. That's judgmental. Eh, hey, have fun with it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's observation. No, you, you realize that as a master, uh, it's really just observation. It's like, whoa, that person's got some big suffering issues, and this person is ready for a big change in their life. You don't necessarily go tell them, but you start to you start to watch how everyone works with their personal energy. How everyone works and pretends it's not. That's the great observation. You watch other people dealing with their personal energy, because all energy is personal, and they pretend that it's not, that it's coming from somewhere else. What a great game that humans are playing. What a great thing to observe as a master. The master's office is the park bench or the cafe. Park bench when it's nice out, cafe when it's not. 
That's where you do your work. You sit on your ass yeah, and, and, and do your work. And you don't force, you don't, uh, force it. You're naturally luminous. And you just sit there, and that casts a light on the potentials. And you don't even have to know what the potential is for somebody, actually. You probably don't want to know. But it just casts a light that shows them that there are alternatives. They do have choices. A lot of times they're going to choose to go the, stay in the route of suffering, unfortunately, because it's kind of like um, so indoctrinated into the human consciousness right now. Feel into mass consciousness for a moment. Mass consciousness, it's like this great big cloud uh, of all the human thoughts and experiences of all the humans who are on the planet or ever have been. There's a lot of suffering in there. Now, yes, there's some joy, there's music, there's, there's laughter, there's families, there's a lot of things, but there is a huge shadow of suffering in there. Suffering doesn't need to exist anywhere in, in the universe, anywhere in creation. Suffering doesn't need to be. But yet humans still choose that. It's been indoctrinated, hypnotized into them. And as a master, you're going to let go of the need to suffer for anything. You just take a deep breath and release that. There is no need to suffer whatsoever. So those are my opening comments. We'll kind of tie it all up, I hope, before we finish with this shout. But in the meantime, I'd like dear Linda of Isa, dressed up as a gray. Dear Linda of Gray Isa, <laughs> with the microphone, please, for today's wisdom question for the Masters. Okay, well, let's have the house lights up. And uh, geez, we don't have a drum roll, do we? Yeah, and everybody, everybody in the audience are like blinding. Okay. The question is if you'd find our first um, Master. Question uh, will come. Always, always. I'm going to pick someone newish. Newish? No. Newish. Are you newish? Is that like I Jewish am. but with an N? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yes. Shalom. <laughs> Shalom. Thank you. Yeah, and the question is Wait, she's newish. I mean, she hasn't been to a. Uh, have you been to a live show before? No, but I'm not that newish. You're not that newish. <laughs> so, good. Now that we get all that out of the way, the question is Do humans in general, in general, do humans do more? to harm themselves or harm others? Harm themselves. Harm themselves. In what ways? Um, I, I, don't, I just don't read about this in the papers. When I look over your shoulders, and you don't even have papers these days. That's so weird. It is weird. Yes. Um, humans absolutely do more to harm themselves <coughs> than others, because we do harm others. Humans do harm others, obviously, but when you harm others, you are harming yourself internally. More so in that day. Calder is uh, kind of objecting to that. He's telling me when his parents used to strike him <laughs> that it, it hurt them more than it hurt him. It's like, <laughs> no, no, that's not true. That's simply not true. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, no, I, as I was saying, um, it's now you're kind of funny how everything goes spacey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, humans absolutely do more to harm themselves than others. I, I guess that's just my perspective on it. Yeah, but you always age. read about the harm that others are doing to other people. Well, how come it's not being discussed, the harm that they're doing themselves? 
if that's what you believe. Well, I, I think harm exists on multiple flows. You know, there's, there's harming self to self, right. uh, self to others, and others to others. And I right. think it's, it's absorbed in, in three different ways, actually, yeah. by everyone who's, who's participating it from different angles. Right. I don't know where you're going with this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure either, yeah. actually. <laughs> so do you harm yourself, or have you harmed yourself? Absolutely. In what ways? Um, by not allowing. By not allowing. Okay, but uh, give me a good example of harming yourself, something you've done to yourself. Um, staying in relationships with people who harmed me. That is harming yourself, isn't it? Staying yes. in, why'd you do that? That's kind of weird. It is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you can admit it. And um, are you still in that type of relationship? No, no, I'm not. Yeah. Honestly, because I, I always feel like I can fix everything. Yeah, oh, yeah. interesting, yeah. interesting. You kind of have a little bit more than others, and you can fix everything. Right. What about fixing yourself? How's that going? Uh, much better recently. Yeah, yeah. Much better recently. What'd you have to fix? Uh, myself. <laughs> I know, but what about yourself? What about myself? Yeah. Um, had to let go of old wounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I see I, I, Calder is, again, kind of interfering, <laughs> static out of the way. Uh, I, I'm seeing here you, you missed some big opportunities in your life, that, you know, like um, perhaps a career opportunity that you really wanted but you didn't get, and that a few things like that, or even a relationship you wanted you didn't get. Who screwed that up for you? Me. Yeah. yeah. Big time. <laughs> Why? I, I see some beautiful, uh, beautiful opportunities you had, and you, you destroyed them. Self-destruction. I really like the hard way. What can I say? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I really like the hard way. No, how about putting that in the past? Yep. You used to like it in the hard way. Exactly. Yeah. Why though? That, it's an interesting thing. Why? Oh. I really can't say. You could. I could. Make something up. Why did I like doing things the hard way? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I, I guess in the past, I was always trying to convince myself that it was everything other than me. Right. That I wasn't creating this. I wasn't, you know, you try and, and find some other, you know, target you can put your issues on. Right, right. And stick it somewhere else. And I wasn't confronting myself, yeah. really. So c can we end that all now? I mean, it was a yes. great big game. And that's it all it was. It was a very big game. It was a, it was yes. a kind of an act of stupid consciousness. Uh, <laughs> but, but you all do it, and humanity's still doing it. Uh, but back to the original question, so you feel har humans harm themselves more than they harm others? I mean, that's what you said? Yes, that is what okay. I said. Okay, well, what percent? Uh, like 49% uh, harming others, 51% harming yourself? Wait, I, you know what? I, I'm going to have to change my answer to that. I, you know, I really couldn't say. Okay, you couldn't, couldn't say. say. Yeah. No, then you have to go to the bathroom, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a way, I, I think it's another way of saying I don't know. I, I can't say. They're kind of in the same, we'll let you off this time because you're Jewish, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, okay. Uh, and listen as some of the others answer, but you know what happened here when we were talking? What? I changed my mind? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you're kind of you're having a hard time thinking right now? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, don't you think something got triggered that just needed to be released? Yeah. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Next, same question. Do humans do more to harm themselves or harm others?
Yes. Would you mind standing? No. Yeah. Uh, would you repeat the question? Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, do, uh, by the way, I, I'm sorry, but one of the things we're doing today, I, I'm talking, I'm distracting, and, uh, uh, but well, there's kind of like this, uh, uh, what would you call it? It's kind of like a mind fog thing that's going to take place all day, uh, and for a good reason. I'll explain later. Uh, so what was my question? I don't know. <laughs> Do, you have to tell me. Do, yeah, well, you're not supposed to say that here. So I, I'm going to go back in time. Okay, we've gone back in time. Let's start all over. So, dear Master, do humans do more to harm themselves or harm others? Well, um, I think we harm ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we're, unless we play victim, which we Right. Should. Have you harmed other people? Probably. Probably. Emotionally or physically? You ever slapped the shit out of somebody? Probably both. <laughs> it's called distraction. She's way oh. too in her head. I gotta break it up somehow. So uh, we could go back in time on that too, if you didn't like that. No, I like that. So, okay, let's. So, uh, what have you done to harm yourself? <clears throat> um. Well, I um, tend to blame myself for everything that's Yeah, what was your fault? Why not? Right, sure. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. You're supposed to laugh at this point. Okay, no. You blame yourself for everything. What else? As I look back on my life, you know, it's, it's hard to find um, other people to blame for dif difficulties in my life. It's yeah, always no, it, like it is something. all your fault. Oh, yes, I, yeah. I know. It's like, yeah. and I. I mean, I not know. other people's lives, but your life. Right. Oh, your life is all your fault. No, really. <laughs> well, I, I realize I'm the master of my soul, you know, master of my ship. Yeah, or and kind of a, it's up to me. me a and that's therein lies my power. Yeah, kind of a master of your own but self-deception. Yeah. Well, so um, when you talk about, when I talk about harm you've done yourself. In this lifetime, what do you think that you, you come to the Ascended Masters Club someday, you cross over and say, geez, here's what I did. Nail it down to one thing. What did you really do to harm yourself? Um, just different doubt, I guess. Doubt, okay. And what did doubt cause you to do in your life? I make bad decisions. Yeah, and what else? Um, Body language is all there. Yeah. You're do I mean, you're, I you're telling it in your body language. <laughs> okay. You stayed small. Yes. You, you're a little bit too gray, you know? Speaking yes, of I gray, was uh, thinking that earlier. Yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, she, like, she embodies the grayness within right. Chambra. And you stayed too small, and, and you hid, and that is harming yourself. I want all of you to really hear that. Staying small is harming yourself. You're putting yourself in, in kind of your own prison. And to stay small, why? We have big things to do here on this planet. You, you've got to find a park bench or a cafe where you're comfortable shining your light to the, the whole frickin' world. And you can't do it by staying small. You don't need to get up on stage and you don't need to give big talks or have a bestseller book. All you need to do, and what we're going to be doing together, is putting your ass on a park bench or a cafe seat and radiating. Illuminating, being open. That's it. But you can't do it when you're small. Right. And, and you have a lot of doubts. You still do right now. 
and let you doubt if you should even be here right now on the planet uh, or at the Crimson Circle Connection Center? N no, I really don't. You don't? I, um, okay. I just have this performance anxiety, and that's what I'm <laughs> right. experiencing right now. No, sure, sure. And actually, it's really not that. It's there, there is a fog in the room intentionally. And then, and then you get the microphone, and I'm just being a, uh, what, what would you call it? Uh, a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say uh, an intense master, but in case you're listening in and you didn't hear it, some of the comments were dick and asshole. Do I look? Oh, don't answer that. Don't answer that. Okay, that was called Huge Distraction. Take a deep breath, everybody. There's a lot going on here. Doubt and, and keeping small. What's well, the biggest harm you've done yourself in this lifetime? And, and why? That's no fun. Yeah. Right. Okay. Anything you want to share with me? Not right now. Okay. Later? <laughs> okay. Probably. Thank you. And Linda's the one that, that picked you. <laughs> I stay out of that part. Okay. Next, can we continue on? Let's get risky here. Okay. <laughs> hey, who, me? Come on. <laughs> Howdy. So, do humans, uh, you're a psychologist, I believe. Often. Often, <laughs> yes. Uh, no, it's great, because uh, what you do, well, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, yes, we're going to be do. talking in Pronost about the psychology of the planet over the next uh, 20, 30 years. That'd be fascinating. Really, well, you know, we've talked a lot about technology. Now we're going to get into the psychology of what's happening. Uh, but anyway, um, humans do more to harm themselves or others. Oh, themselves. <clears throat> mm. What do they do? They um, deny yes. that who who they really are. Right. Right. And what Based else? on early ignorance until they become aware. Right. And when we become aware and we continue to sabotage ourselves, that's the major harm. Right. Good. Good. So, uh, average person speaking, would you say uh, the harm to themselves uh, to the harm versus harm to others, what's the percentage in there? Um, actually, it's 100% harm to themselves. 100%. Okay. Good. Uh, and why do you say that? Because. Every human being has the potential of total responsibility. Yes. Even if they're an infant. Yes. True. It's not to blame them right. for, quotes, poor judgment mm -hmm. or not having enough information. Right. But to acknowledge that they are not responsible is keeping them limited by saying you're not good enough right. to fulfill your awareness of your true self. Yeah, and, and it's really a, a cheap for one to say I don't have enough knowledge or information, therefore I'm not really responsible. That's really cheap. Because everybody does have it with them and in them, and it has nothing to do with knowledge, information, Thank education, you. smarts, or anything like that. Anything like that. Good. Okay, a couple more. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you should put that in what, what you just said, put it in words and extend it out a little bit. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'll write you a certificate, yeah, for $5. Uh, good. Uh, humans harm themselves or they harm others? I also believe we harm ourselves 100%. 100%, okay. Uh, why? Because there is no separation. It is all our energy. Okay, right, right. Uh, so why is it that you hear in the news all the time about harm being done to others? Because we think it's outside of us. The energy is outside of us. The events of our lives are outside of us. Right. And we're always reacting to them. So a typical human, if you ask them the same question, uh, is it uh, you harming yourself or is it the everything outside harming uh, you? What would they say? Blame others. Blame it's, others. It's and wh what percent do you think they would attribute to themselves? Um, Typical maybe humanist. 20, 25. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll take responsibility for maybe 20%. Yeah. Uh, and, and everything else is the outside world. Everything else is everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very difficult, going back to my, one of my points today, it's very difficult for, for suffering and freedom to coexist. But that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Good. Okay. I'll take uh, one more. Humans, more to harm themselves or more to harm others? Um, themselves. Themselves. And why do you say that? Because uh, of all the reasons that everybody else said. Right. Do you want to add anything to that? Uh, Guilt, doubt, all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, what have you done to harm yourself? Uh, I stayed in a relationship a little longer than I should have. Yeah, how much longer? Still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, they wouldn't be happening watching in today, would they? I don't know. You don't know, okay. Um, why? Uh, why, why, um, would you, why would you do that? <laughs> it feels like uh, the program, I guess, that I've been running for a right, long right, time. Right. Um, program being what? Uh, that you, you wouldn't Con be able to do it on your own? Constraints, uh, money, yeah, yeah. I mean, all that yeah. stuff that doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it doesn't. I mean, it's very real in a way mm -hmm. when you're right in the midst of it. Very real. And what happens if we break up and, you know, financially even uh, what happens? But also, um, where is that uh, kind of weird support system that you've gotten used to, uh, you know? Yeah. Where is that? Can you make it on your own? Uh, will you ever find anybody that's going to love you? Uh, can you be alone without that? Uh, and it's all kind of, you're right, it's programmed in. When are you going to stop it? Soon. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, never really comes. No, I mean, when, no, I'd like a really clear answer. Uh, when are you going to stop that? Do you have your mobile phone with you? We can make a call right now. <laughs> I'd like to say now. Now, but why not? Why not? What's holding you in that relationship? Fear. Of? Say, when you say it, actually, it's going to be really good for you to just get it out there. Yeah. And by the way, you've got people in the room that much bigger story, so don't, don't worry that you're going out <laughs> over the edge here. Much bigger. Um, fear of 
What's the biggest, just make up something. What's the biggest thing that comes to you? Fear of? Judgment. Judgment by? Others. By others. That you couldn't make it in a relationship? I suppose. Yeah. That's part of it. Other people just viewing you and the way they look at you and that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, it's very real in a way, but it's all a big act. Yeah. I mean, it's really a huge act. So uh, you, you live out this relationship and you kind of, you basically, well, I hope it gets better, but maybe it won't, and I'm going to be indecisive, and I'm not going to make anything, shift anything. And then, you know, 20 years goes by, and it's like, why didn't I do something back then? Now, I'm not saying to leave the relationship. I didn't mm -hmm. say that at all. I said change the relationship. Makes that's, total that's all sense. you have to do. Yeah. yeah. And, and if it means leaving, fine. If it means leaving for a short period of time, get a little breather, time uh, away from each other, that's fine. But change the dynamics in the relationship. Mm. Uh, how long have you been in the relationship? 12 years. Yeah. And do you think the relationship has anything whatsoever to do with karma? Past lives, past experiences together? Very much. Very much. Okay, change that. Let the, let, release the karma. Now, you can do it or you both do it together. If you do it, you say, I'm done with the karma. You know, karma is like a, it's like a, a merry-go-round. You know, it just keeps going round and round and round until you say, I'm off. Mm -hmm. Now, it could make this person, your partner, really upset because they want to keep playing the merry-go-round game. And you have to be willing to face that. You don't even have to say it to them. You just say, I'm off that karma merry-go-round. Mm -hmm. Go around. I'm done with it. Wrapped up. Finished. Yeah, uh, everything like is resolved. And, and but on the other hand, your partner may also say, "I don't know what it is, but something just lifted in this relationship, and I see you in a whole different way." Hmm. So when I say change it, that doesn't mean walk out tomorrow. It means change it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Makes and sense. a lot of old karma in there. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of guilt in there. And guilt is uh, really one of the nastiest uh, of all things. Uh, human guilt and shame, that, that is the toughest thing. Yeah. Good. Cheats you out of energy. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And you've got a lot of uh, dragon stuff going on right now in your life. Uh, you know, your dragon is kind of pulling up stuff for you, and it's a little overwhelming and a little uh, hard to handle right now. But the dragon is there for good reason. It's to get through this crap. Thanks. Bye. Good. Uh, let's do one more. This is so much fun for me. For me, not for you. Good God. No. Who really wants to get the microphone? Yeah. Humans harm themselves or do they harm others? Themselves. Themselves. What percent? Uh, probably a hundred. Yeah. Hundred. Okay. Kind of like. Yeah. yeah. What do they do to hurt themselves? Harm themselves? They doubt themselves. Yeah. They sabotage themselves. They don't trust themselves. They. Um, How is it acted out? You have you, you have lack. You have doubt, lack of trust, uh, all the rest. How do they act that out now? Um, well, when you said a few minutes ago, staying small. That's mm -hmm. that's really that's that's big. Staying small is big. Staying small is big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> T-shirts. Why doesn't some? Start, you're supposed to set up a T-shirt factory in a truck or something. And the minute we come up with one of these great ones, uh, you just run out there and just crank them out. <laughs> Staying small is big. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how else do they act it out? Uh, and I'll give you uh, an example just to prompt it. Cutting. Cutting. You, you know what that is. Oh, you God, know? God, yeah. People just cut themselves. Why? 
I have not a well. I didn't mean, think you're doing it. I'm saying people. Yeah, yeah, people yeah, do it. yeah. Self-loathing, self, self-loathing. Self-loathing, yeah, yeah. And because they're not getting punished enough from the outside world, exactly. they're going to start doing it to themselves. Yeah. But it's also an interesting way of feeling. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, humans, uh, human Just sensation. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about it in pronouns, but human feeling. Uh, the ability to sense and feel is going down and down. It's getting grayer all the time. Thank you, Linda. Uh, it's it's getting grayer, uh, and it's so they have to do things to create some excitement in their life. I I, I think that that as energy on the planet is generally it's rising in a lot of ways with us and everything else. Yeah. And so there's a. Um, there's a, a, a sense that we have to feel something, and yet society and technology and all you know the machine world and everything else is about not feeling. So it's a way to cross that bridge yes. between those worlds right. and uh, into some kind of sense and sensual world yeah, that it yeah. takes a even um, if it hurts. Even if it hurts, at least yeah. it's feeling. And when you feel, it reminds you you're alive, even if it feels exactly, bad. Yeah. I mean, very weird. Human psychology yeah. is really weird, yeah. and it's going uh, over the weirdo meter uh, coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, it's just very strange, very strange. Uh, good. Thank you for your answers, all of you. Uh, my, my answer is consistent with uh, what, what all of you said. Humans do more to harm themselves you, than others. You, you read about in the paper what humans have done to other humans because, uh, well, it wouldn't make very good reading, I guess, to you know, have uh, all this stuff about self-doubt and personal suffering and that, but I, I would say close to 100% of uh, the energies humans uh, of suffering and pain are used on oneself, and then at times acted out uh, externally to harm others just because they, they simply have to – it has to be externalized. I'm actually surprised that there isn't more uh, violence on the planet, people acting out. You hear about it every once in a while, a shooting or a bombing or something like that, but considering all that humans are holding in right now, all of the, the, the pain and the harm that they're doing themselves, the saddest part is they don't really know how to get out of it. They don't know how to get out of it, so, and so it continues on and on. Or they don't talk about it, or, or they have no release mechanism for it. So there's a lot of self-harm going out, and it doesn't have to be physical. It can be uh, it could be everything from uh, drugs and alcohol, you know, addictions. Uh, it could just be living small, living gray. It could just be constantly uh, living in darkness. In other words, not seeing all the potentials in one's life because they don't feel worthy. But there is a there's a tremendous amount of self harm on the planet. That's why I go back to the statement that it's going to be very, very difficult for um, really freedom and, and suffering to coexist. And I'm saying that kind of as a precautionary note in what you're going to be doing here on the planet as the ones who bring a light. Because there's going to be times of when you really sense into a sadness like uh, on the planet that like you've never had before, when you're so open to feeling and you can sense what people are doing. It's difficult even at times for 
the, um, the ascended masters to come to the planet uh, to, to work with humans because as sensitive as we are and as feeling as we are, it's difficult to see humans living in this hypnotic state of suffering and knowing that it doesn't have to be that way. And guess what? Hopefully you're going to be the ones to make a huge change in that whole chain reaction on the planet. You're not here for your enlightenment, or you're not here to work on your enlightenment. You're here for potentials for the planet. may or may not work. They may embrace it. They may not. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that you're here to show them that there could be a lot more. And I started this all by saying that you've got this uh, – I love dressing up, acting out, because you realize there's so many parts of you, facets of you. And when you dress up, you act out a little – you realize you don't have to play that human game uh, anymore, that dressing up in doubt or dressing up uh, – even thinking that what you're here to do on the planet in this lifetime is incredulous. It's not. It's not. It's actually kind of easy. I know you might think, who me? That who me aspect coming out and saying, here to do that? I'm just a half a schmuck. And it's like, no, no. Let's, let's stop playing that game, okay? We played the what's your game game when we were in um, Austria recently. Uh, what's your game? Let's stop playing that game of who me? Let's stop playing that game of, uh, I don't know if I'm ready for all this. Uh, there are some interesting times ahead, and they can be a lot of fun, they can be joyful. There will be times of tremendous sadness, because you see oh, the harm that people are doing themselves that doesn't need to be. It's not harm coming from the outside. And that's why I say, Shambra, people, Stop these battles with all the, you know, with your what corporate rage or uh, with your uh, oppressor of aspect and all the rest of that. The human harm comes from the human, not from the outside, not from corporations or politicians or institutions or anything else. The harm that humans are doing to themselves comes from themselves. That's why I say, give up these causes, give up all these fights and battles. You've got to stop and feel into it for a moment what energy really is and what consciousness really is. And that's, that's how a planet gets changed. You take up arms against wh whatever it happens to be, the, the battle du jour. Uh, you take up arms against that. You're, you're fighting a losing battle. You're actually validating the energies of oppression whatever the oppression comes from corporations or, God knows, aliens or uh, uh, politicians or whatever, you're validating that when you take up arms. We have other work to do on this planet, and it's to recognize that human harm comes from within. comes from within. Let's take a good deep breath with that. Good deep breath. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, about maturity, uh, spiritual maturity. And maturity is kind of a funny word. I wish there was something better, but you know, grown up or wise, I guess, would be the better word for it. Maturity. 
Most humans do not have the maturity or the wisdom to handle energy. They will harm themselves with it. If suddenly we were to be able to show humans, other humans, uh, what energy actually is. And we went through the whole thing, energy is communication, and here's where it comes from, here's how you get it to serve you. Most of them would use it to harm themselves or others, most likely themselves, and then, then possibly others. And a harm, uh, if somebody really understood energy and how it works, it could be greater than any uh, nuclear bomb, any weapon that the planet currently has, because it's suddenly understanding energy. We took a long time to get to this point. We've talked about energy for years. If you do a, a search on all the Crimson Circle content, uh, Tobias or mine over the years, probably the single biggest word other than uh, the or and uh, is probably energy. We've been talking about it for a long time. Really preparing you for this point where, first of all, you're wise enough to realize that, that any experience in your life, uh, particularly of suffering or pain or sadness or anything like that, wasn't inflicted from the outside. It wasn't. You played it out on the outside, but it all came from within. Any experience that you went through uh, ultimately, ultimately brought you to the point of wisdom and the point of understanding that until now, with, uh, until you were at this level of uh, wisdom and maturity, you really couldn't have really taken on energy in your life in a, in a new and different way. We've been kind of building up to it, leading up to it, but now you're at the point, you have the wisdom, you have the maturity to actually let energy serve you. We've talked about it for 5.2 years at least, or maybe longer. Uh, and now comes the time. It's kind of a big, you know, we've been talking about it so this isn't new, but it's new actually doing this. I'd like to use today at this Halloween child as kind of that uh, crossing point. We talked a lot about letting energy serve you and what energy is and everything else. Now let's just do it. Let's just do it. It doesn't necessarily all happen overnight, but the old process has changed. You've got the maturity now to handle, to use, to allow energy. Take a good deep breath for that and feel into it. You've got, you're not going to harm yourself, is what I'm saying. So stop being afraid of energy. And you're not going to harm others. So take this whole conceptual, theoretical thing about energy and where it comes from and how it's used and everything else like that. Take that now and bring it from the mind, from a thought or a philosophy, and into your full being, into your embodiment. In other words, allow energy now to serve you. You have the maturity, even if some of you are doubting that right now. You're saying, well, I'm close, but I'm not quite there. No, you're there. You're there. It is a game, a huge big game, to pretend you're not quite there. 
And some of you play that game because you're like, ah, I'm not quite so sure I'm ready for this. You're ready. Energy is all yours to begin with. And now there's nothing, nothing, nothing you're going to do with energy to harm yourself. Those, those are, that's in the past. That's gone. Done. Nothing. You are not going to harm yourself, and you're not going to harm others. You're not going to uh, suddenly uh, – energy's working for you – you're not going to suddenly start taking drugs or uh, drinking too much or d- acting strange, stranger than you already are. <laughs> so take a deep breath, and I want to turn this from a concept, a philosophy, a teaching into embodied reality. But I need you to join me in doing that. Take a deep breath and allow. It's so damn simple, actually. So damn simple, but it takes a while to get there. You've got the, the wisdom now. And again, I, I hear some of you saying, I'm not quite ready, or I'm not really sure. No, you do. You hear it? You've got an Ascended Master telling you, you do have the wisdom to allow energy to serve you. Take a deep breath with that and embody it now, meaning just from being a head thought into your full being. Embody it. Live it. Truly live it. Good. You know, maturity, wisdom, uh, if you didn't have it, if a person didn't have it and suddenly they, they took the elixir and they knew how to make energy work for them, yes, it would crush them. They would misuse it. They would use it first to harm themselves. Harming oneself is a way of testing oneself. Am I worthy? Can I make it over this obstacle or hurdle? Can I get past this self-imposed lesson? We don't need that anymore. What we do need is to allow energy to serve you. Next. In our last session, I came up with this little thing called uh, Practical Magic for the Modern Merlin. Real basic, simple things. Real easy things. Well, what was it last time we talked about, last shout? What was the practical magic thing? Stay open to the energy. Yeah. And even, you know, there's an imminent car crash, or uh, uh, you're, you see a jar coming off the shelf and it's going to hit you on the head. Uh, whatever it happens to be, or uh, you're just about to get in a fight with your spouse, or whatever it happens to be, there's a tendency to, to bring it in, to close down energy. It's like turning off a faucet. You know, you want to slow down the volume of water coming out. Not. It's exactly the opposite. That's when you take a deep breath with your trigger word, if you have one, or a trigger thought, whatever it is. You stop for a moment and you open up. I mean, it's kind of weird because you think, why should I be opening up at this time of what could be a real disaster? That's the magic. Because suddenly you're opening to energy. You're allowing more probabilities and possibilities and potentials than ever before. That's when magic occurs. That's when it occurs. 
Today's uh, practical magic from Modern Merlins is very simple. We've talked about it before, but I want to wanted to go uh, on record in the history books. Is that 100% of the energy that you encounter is yours? There is no outside energy whatsoever. I, to me, it's so simple, so obvious. I mean, but yet. Feel into humanity, other people, people you know. They're going somewhere else for their energy. They may not call it energy. They may call it a paycheck or emotional support. Uh, they may call it uh, whatever. They're going somewhere else, including places like God. God doesn't have any energy. I mean, if you, if you went and begged God, you'd get down on your hands and knees and you prayed, right, could I have some energy? God is like, I don't have any. I don't have any. I'm all consciousness. You know, what are you talking about? I, I'm not energy. It's all yours, every bit of it. Once you understand that, that there is nothing on the outside, and it's kind of, again, one of those weird things. She's like, yeah, but that uh, the tree out there, that's not my energy. It is. It is. It's all your energy. There's actually really no tree out there, there's no tree. It's all your energy. What you are seeing right here, my dear friends, is your energy. That's it. We play a great big game in this, that energy's on the outside. Somehow you have to go out there to get it. We play a great big game that even I'm uh, an outside energy called Adama Saint-Germain. Uh, yeah, it's your energy. kind of freaks the mind out. Your mind's like, well, no, I don't know. You're, let me touch you. You know, no, you're not. It's your energy. It's all your perception. Uh, and I say it's your energy. You could also substitute the word perception. It's basically the same thing. Energy is just a way of perceiving. Energy is a song. It's a communication. It's a way to perceive and experience. So. Modern or practical magic for the modern Merlin. Suddenly understanding it's my energy there. All mine. Humans like to blame other people and like to think that everything's outside of them and that they ain't got shit. Uh, that they have very, very little and they have no control. That is a game. That is a bad game, but it's a game. And for the modern Merlins, you realize, no, it's all my, my energy. My perception. I don't need to get it. I don't need energy from any place else. I don't need anybody's approval on anything. It's all mine. Then the fun begins, because you realize it's not about a, a lot of outside forces invading and attacking you and trying to take your little bit of your nuts that you squirreled away for the winter. And uh, it's like, hell, hang on a second. Those are all my nuts. And the, the, the invaders are all me. And it's like, wow, what a great game. Then you start to have fun. It's mind-boggling. Because the mind is like, no, 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 it couldn't be because uh, I see other people. And it's like, actually, no, you really don't. There is a sense of perception that there's other soul beings. You're perceiving their consciousness, but it's your energy through which you perceive them. In other words, you're not really perceiving them. Uh, you're, I mean, you're not really. Uh, it's not their energy. It's your perception. It's your big 
TV show or movie about them. They're kind of like, imagine that energy is a great big uh, cloud, a mist, but it's all yours. There is a person on the other, a soul being on the other side of the mist that you perceive from soul being to soul being, but the energy between you and them is all you, and you're just perceiving them through your own energy fog or uh, goggles or whatever. But it's all your energy. That's so simple, but yet the mind is going to resist it and rebel against it and try to overly philosophize it. Could you just take a moment, without getting all headcrapped, and and just take a moment and realize, it's all my energy, and it's all here to serve me, and I have the maturity never to let it harm me, nor does it have an intent to harm me, but it's all mine, and it's here to serve me. That's, that's amazing. That's, again, when the magic begins, because suddenly the energy doesn't have to play this game. You know, here's the energy, like, oh, for Christ's sakes, once again, you know, Billy gets up in the morning and, and he's playing this game that I'm outside of him, and uh, so we've got to go along with it because that's what soul being is doing, and that's what the human is doing, so we've got to play this game. Imagine how relieved energy will be when you finally say, damn, this is all mine. It's my way of perceiving and experiencing reality. It's all mine. That's when the magic begins. That's when you realize there's no outside forces, there's nobody trying to take your energy. There's really not. There's no bigger energies, there's no boogeyman energies, there's none of that. It's all your own. When you start realizing that, the magic really starts happening. Then you can joyfully allow it to serve you. And you're not going to harm yourself. That's, that's the other big thing. You're not going to harm yourself. You will not. You test yourself. I know that. You're going to test yourself in this and say, am I really ready? And can I really do this? Go ahead and play, play test yourself, and then you're going to realize when you do that, damn, I do have the maturity, and this is all my energy. Let the fun begin. I will go back to a point, and I probably have to repeat this a lot of times, that suffering and freedom do not coexist very well. Ultimately, they cannot coexist. We're going to be playing a little bit of a game on other humans for a while, uh, coexistence, where you're still going to be here in the physical body on this planet as a free master or Freemason. No, free master. <laughs> I get my lifetimes confused. Uh, you're going to be here as a free master. And we're going to be coexisting for a while with suffering, but this is suffering that other people are choosing. You're going to be in freedom, and some days it will be tough. That's what we're going to be kind of discussing as we go forward here, how to handle those really I can't stand humans anymore days that you're going to have. Uh, no, you're going to be like, no, really, Adamus, I really can't stand humans anymore. No, really, Adamus, this is, I'm done. Is there a place, another planet I can go to where I never have to encounter another human? Because, damn, they, they suffer all the time. That's all they do. They get up in the morning and they suffer. 
And they go to bed at night and they suffer, and they suffer in their dreams. And what are we, I'm going to just stop for a minute after I stop laughing and saying, it wasn't so long ago that you were playing that game. What's changed? What's different now? Let's take a deep breath. I'd like to oh, – what, what do we talk about today? Some good stuff. Yeah, some really good stuff. The fact that you're grown up now, you're not going to harm yourself with energy. Okay? It's your energy anyway. You're not going to harm yourself with your energy. That's, let's uh, underline that, maybe double underline that. You're grown up enough now that you're not going to harm yourself with your own energy, and you're not going to harm other people. So have fun with it now. Let it come to you. And stop pretending that it's coming from somewhere else, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll catch you on that in future shouts. Well, I'll really catch you. That's not only a bathroom visit. That's uh, <laughs> what else could we do here? Uh, I was going to say sitting in the booth with Billy, but no, she's too nice. So she doesn't need that. Uh, we'll come up with something. With something really disgusting that you have to eat in front of everybody. I've seen the human TV shows, they do that. And they get a lot of viewers. What's that about? <laughs> We're discussing life-changing, world-changing things, and look, we only got a small handful of humans tuning in. Ah. So it's so fine. We'll start eating disgusting things. Maybe more people will watch. Or not. She blends right in. I almost haven't seen her the whole time. <laughs> she blends right in. Can we get a shot of that? That's, uh, yeah, yeah, the gray aspect. Yeah, it's almost like she's quiet and you know, usually I'm feeling these energies coming from Linda Visa, and you know, very intense. But today she's just kind of like blending in. Let's take a deep breath, and I'd like to do uh, a morab, but a little bit different version of a morab. I can't tell if she's laughing or smiling or asleep. She's not asleep. Uh, but before we go any further, um, I, I, we're going to get ready for. Uh, we're going to do a kind of a new type of morab, but it'll be a story and a morab. So I don't know what we call it, a storab or a something. <laughs> uh, but it'd be fun. Uh, it, we're advancing the morab. But before we do, um, I do understand uh, questions. Dr. Show, you, you uh, had a question for me, Calder said. Oh. Would you like to come up here? Sure. Great. By the way, thank you so much for indulging last month, uh, being with everybody. Uh, it did a tremendous amount of good for so many people. Uh, that just uh, there was a tremendous amount of uh, compassion all the way around, and uh, such dignity on your part. So, what's your question? Uh, could I give you just a little bit of fill-in from sure. the last couple of months? Yeah. Um, I have had a lot going on, as you can guess. I've had a lot of wonderful support email, text, phone calls from people all over the world. Beautiful. It's been wonderful. So I've spent a lot of time answering emails and, and talking with people and just letting them kind of know what I was doing. I sold my house. I sold my car. I emptied out my pension plan. I've emptied out almost all of my money out of my bank accounts and have identified a number of people that I've been able to give it to. Mm -hmm. And it has just been a wonderful joy uh, to be able to touch people in just a even in a financial way mm -hmm. and make their lives completely different. Um, and I've had such wonderful gratitude from people uh, f for me being able to do that. But they're giving me joy, and it won't do 
do the bank any good to leave my money sitting in an account. So um, I have everything taken care of now, mm -hmm. pretty much everything. Pretty much. Well, you said pretty much not everything. So what's not taken care of? Well, things that I have anything to say about, right. I haven't. But I haven't been able to find my daughter uh -huh. would be the one thing that I would like, uh, would have liked to do. Mm -hmm. But as you were talking about today, you know that's well, I got to stop you on that, though. Okay. Why haven't you been able to find your daughter? I hired a private eye. I've been looking for her for years. Yes. I hired a private eye, and he would not give me any information about her. Oh. Uh, he wanted me to pay him for the information, but then he wouldn't give it to me. Um, so that's the one thing that yeah. I Why haven't like. you been able to find her? I mean, you gave me the practical reason. What's the energetic reason behind it? I think... <laughs> feel? Am I allowed to say think? Sure, okay, sure. I feel um, that she, she was badly abused as a child by right. my ex-husband, yes. and I emphasize ex. Um, double X, actually. Double yeah, X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that, I mean, it's a natural thing for a child to blame the other person. The, that person's safe to blame, but they think that she might think that I didn't protect her. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She so doesn't know how much I did to try to protect her. Why is the setup that you haven't been able to find her? Because it's what we're getting to, uh, for those of you who are just tuning in, didn't hear us last month. You're, you're ready for your transition. I am ready to go. Yeah. I'm and, absolutely and ready. We uh, talked last mm -hmm. month, and I said, would you want to stay? Maybe we could find a way to reverse all this. And you said, hell no. No. <laughs> uh, so you're cleaning up loose ends right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, one of them is your daughter. Energetically, why haven't you been able to find her? I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. Uh, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> all, you, all you have to do is say, whoops. Uh, oh, you mean when you say, I don't know. All you have to do is saying, uh, I've, the answer is yet to be realized. The answer is yet to be realized. It's not coming through my consciousness. Okay. Can I help you out a little bit with that? I would love for you oh, to. Oh, sure. Yes. Okay. You find your daughter. Well, the crap's going to fly. I mean, in every That's direction. Okay. I it's gonna be. It's gonna open. She let go of a lot of family stuff a long time ago. She had to. It's gonna open mm -hmm. up a lot of hurts and a lot of wounds. Then you're gonna feel kind of bad about it because you got this barrage of these emotions coming through your energy field into you, and you're gonna then be confused about whether to really stay or really go. And part of you is gonna mm -hmm. feel the need. Oh well, yeah. Part of you is gonna feel the need so. to stay. To so. until you fix it. Because uh, you don't want to just leave a big mess on the on the plate there. If I if I found her and just let her know, let her know what, how much I love her, and that how Why don't much you tell her that soul to soul? I have. Okay. Yes. So and to, to do it in person, right now is gonna is gonna be is really gonna more hurt. harm than good. A lot more harm. Okay. For you and for her. Okay. Uh, it's gonna harm you. You don't need it. She doesn't need it. Uh, you've let go of any karma associated with it a long time ago. You're clear on that. Uh, it would open some things for her that would be very, very deep and emotional. She's uh, actually living a fairly decent life right now. Oh, good. It took her a long time to get through some things, but uh, w with some help um, and, and a, a very, very good relationship. And uh, two sons, one daughter. Uh, she's doing fine, and you don't okay. want to crap okay. on that. Okay. No, I don't want to crap on anything. No, 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 no. Uh -huh. no. Yeah. So, okay, that was one of the reasons that you haven't transitioned. What's the other one? 
Oh, is, I, I forgot. Was your question, how come you haven't transitioned? Um, yes. Um, from your class that you gave us a number of years ago on Ascension, uh -huh. which is the main information that I have on to know how to do it, mm -hmm. uh, you gave us information about getting things ready and mm -hmm. going to the woods with your dogs and staying in the cabin and... I think you traveled the world some mm -hmm. and said goodbye to everything. Mm -hmm. And then one day you just stepped out of your body. Mm -hmm. and after everything was taken care of. After everything was taken care yeah, of. Yeah, I got my bucket list. and mm -hmm. uh, I actually mm -hmm. called it my coffin list. But, your uh, coffin list. Uh, I don't want really to call it a bucket. <laughs> Who wants to be buried in a bucket? You know, <laughs> Call it what it is. Uh, what else is on your list? Uh, that's it. No, it's not. But, well, I mean, what, there's something else there. That you're kind of waiting for, because what I said in in both uh, Dream Walker Death and in Ascension was that you just pick the time, where, when you want to go, and how I've you want to do it. You tried it. I've tried it several times and yeah, yeah. haven't been able to do it. So that's how, basically how did you want to do question. it? I was in my living room looking uh -huh. out. I've got a big picture window at a right. beautiful backyard. I've done a lot of landscaping, right? And I was just going to um, connect with my God, mm -hmm. I mean, be clear that I am God right, right, also, but connect with uh -huh, and, soul. and radiate, right, right. and just step out and then integrate my body to take it with me. Okay, that sounds easy. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's not great big elaborate climbing on the top of a mountain, no. and having to carry all that <laughs> stuff with you, and then it's pretty easy. Your living room, yeah. Why hasn't it happened? That's my question. Oh, damn it. Uh, okay, I'll make up something. Uh, yeah, this is good. See, instead of saying, I don't know, it's always, just make up something because you're not making it up. Your mind, your doubtful mind says, oh, I must be making this up. You can't make it up. The fun begins when you can realize you're not making anything up. So the reason why is because there's also this whole thing, well, I, I came here for my enlightenment, my realization, and I can't move on until I have that. I've got to get my diploma before I can, before I can move on. They could be simultaneous. Could be simultaneous, but I think you want to at least, I don't know, 30 minutes, uh, you know, experiencing being embodied and, and on the planet. Okay. So can we make this deal? Yes. Okay. Um, oh. uh, I was going to say, next month I'll bring a certificate. I'm sorry, you're going to have to stay around through at least the December Christmas party. Uh, I'll bring a certificate that says you are now realized. Do I sound like Wizard of Oz or what? <laughs> Did I tell you I helped to write that? Uh, a little, a little bit of it. Uh, we'll bring a certificate of realization, full realization, and uh, that will then give you permission to cross over in your living room. Is that really why I'm not doing it? Absolutely. That's really it. That's really it. You're waiting for that to come first, and then, then you're out. Okay. You may not consciously realize that, but what's happening here is, just, okay, this was my lifetime of realization. There was actually a disappointment when you realized you're going to be transitioning. And it's like, oh, then I didn't get the realization. Maybe I'll get it on the other side. Let's do a realization graduation for you at the uh, December Shoud, which Calder is telling me is December 14th. Are you okay waiting a little bit? I really don't want to. You don't want to wait. Okay. I really don't want to. Could you come to Hawaii? No. Oh, could I send it to you in the mail? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Or just, or just psychically is fine, too. I can just accept it right now. How about now. this? How about this? Uh, well, I, don't, I haven't... Caldra hasn't printed it up yet. How about we arrange a date be between now and the time Caldra and Linda leave for Hawaii? We got how long? Two weeks. Okay, two weeks. And we'll come in here, maybe just a small crew, 
uh, you know, a small group, uh, Linda, Caldra, you, me, uh, and uh, maybe uh, if you want, we could film it. Yeah, whatever. Your, whatever, sure. Put a little music to whatever. it. Whatever. What kind of music would you prefer? Something kind of angelic or jazzy or? Uplifting. Uplifting. Um, okay. A little bit rock, How about one rock of my, and roll kind of thing. I was going to say one of my concerts from that I uh, wrote. Uh, yes, something you wrote. Really? Would or you some, or wouldn't that be nice? Or they're, something they're, I've written. They're not one. rock and roll, but <laughs> you know, we could use one of mine and one of yours. Sure. Okay, well, and we'll create a little video. We'll come in here in the next couple of weeks. You'll get your uh, diploma, your certificate of completion of realization, and then you can leave any time. Okay. Deal. Sounds wonderful. Okay, so uh, check with Caldra and Linda when they're sober, and we'll find out <laughs> what meaning that went from the energy of the day. And, and then we'll do that, and then you're free to leave. Okay. And, and then it'll be as easy as just uh, in your living room. Step, and I'll be there. Stepping out of my body like I've tried to do. Yes. It'll the, the, be that you've easy. tried to. That's uh -huh. the part of the problem. Uh -huh. But uh, I'll help you. I, I would really appreciate it. Sure, sure. Okay, let's do yeah. that. Okay. Linda, Avisa, would you mark that in your... I'm glad we can't see her. what her face looks like. She's like, <laughs> Adamus, you've really lost it. No, actually, this is so beautiful. This is so Thank you. absolutely beautiful. It's wonderful to me, because I really was a question okay. why so I was Okay, so we'll do the, the whole certificate thing and a little celebration. Good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now let's do a story. A little bit of music in the background. Take a deep breath. Let's have the lights down a little bit for our Morab setting. Ah, what a good day we've had. You know, a lot of distraction today. I told you there's kind of a mental fog going on. You might even feel it for the next day or so. Uh, just because uh, we're, we're getting, we're going beyond that whole thing of harming yourself. There's still kind of a human fear. If I get a lot of energy, I mean a lot of energy, when it comes into my life, will I harm myself or others? We did a reset today while all the other antics were going on. No, you're not going. You're not going to. You're not going to. And while I was chatting away and doing my theatrics, you actually kind of put in a little switch within yourself. That would actually even prevent you from doing that. Kind of a guarantee that you're never going to use energy to harm yourself or others. Why? Well, because you're a master. You've got the maturity now. Yeah, you still have a lot of the old bleed through remembrances of things you've done in the past, but that was in the past. Let's take a deep breath. The master sat in the cafe. It was his office. He'd been there for about two and a half hours, working hard, working hard, uh, sipping his cappuccino, eating three croissants today, observing people. He decided that on this day he really hadn't wanted to talk to anybody. Some days, you know, he would, and some days people would just come up to him. But this day, he really didn't want to talk to anybody. A master becomes so used to being their own best company. 
actually playing, communicating with, acting out with their own facets. And he had enjoyed that on this day, and, and he was warm and inviting to the young man that served the coffee and gave him a large tip. <laughs> the tip was actually bigger than the bill. But after a couple hours, he knew it was time to go. Put in a hard day sitting there at the cafe, shining his light. He got up and walked outside. It was a, one of those really beautiful fall days. You know, the autumn, so, so beautiful. The air was still relatively warm, but you know what it's like on those autumn days where you can just feel kind of winter in the air. Kind of a little, a little whisper of winter floating around in the warm autumn air. He stepped outside of the cafe and took a deep breath and really had no plans for the rest of the day. But that's kind of the way of the master, no plans, kind of being in the moment. He took a few short steps over to the street corner and he stopped for a moment. And he stopped everything in time, in that moment. A master can do that because it's all their energy. In this case, our master just stopped everything like suspended animation. Everything just stopped. And he looked around and he stopped it intentionally because he really wanted to observe. Something that you're going to find you can do. You want to do, you just observe. And there's no fear of, boy, some of you fear of being judgmental. No, observing is just being aware, being, I mean, awareness, that's, that's the soul itself. So the Master was aware of everything. Now, in kind of just suspended animation, time stopped, and he observed. He saw, almost right in front of him, that there was a distracted driver, somebody that was um, sexting, <laughs> just to make the story interesting, on their phone while they were driving, forgot or didn't see that the light had turned red and another car or two had stopped in front of them. And observing, the master could see almost imminent crash. Probably wouldn't cause too much physical damage, but probably was going to lead to at least one car being totaled and a few other cars having significant damages. And on top of that, when he felt into the energy of the sexter, offender, that person didn't even have insurance. Oh boy, was their life going to be tough. Hmm. You know, the master didn't try to change it, just observed it. Imminent crash. Master looked down the street. Not too far away was a new mother uh, with her first child, pushing the child in a stroller. The mother had a kind of a look of worry and concern, but also mixed in with happiness and joy of being a mother. But mother was so worried about, can I be a good mother? And will I do the same things here to my daughter that my mother did to me? That energy was so clear, the master could see it. And then in the buggy, the little baby, crying and crying and crying and crying. Hmm. 
a little baby crying, six months old, because she really didn't want to be here. <laughs> the mother thought it was colic or, I don't know, gas or whatever, but the baby was crying because it didn't want to be here. It happens so often. People, kind of reincarnation is kind of spontaneous, not often even a conscious choice. It just happens. The little baby was crying because it knew it had another 60, 80, 100 years ahead of it on this planet. I'd be crying too. <laughs> the Master looked in the other direction and saw a bicyclist with a flat tire. You know, there's not too many things in this world that really show more anger than a bicyclist with a flat tire. I mean, this bicyclist was angry. Middle-aged man, all dressed in spandex. <laughs> and this, this man was really angry because he got a flat tire. And of course, he was blaming it on everybody else. Somebody must have thrown nails in the road or broken glass or whatever happened to be really angry. Angrier than uh, not just a flat tire and the fact that he didn't have an easy way to fix it, but he was angry because he looked really stupid, or at least so he thought. Here I am, Mr. Uh, bicyclist, Mr. Cool, in my spandex, and, and here I am with a flat tire. And he just knew that people in their gas-guzzling cars were driving by snickering at him. Whether they were or not didn't really matter, but that's what he thought. So he was really, really angry with this whole thing. Master looked in another direction and heard and saw an elderly woman, elderly meaning she was probably 90, but, but actually was very youthful looking, playing the violin in the street corner, playing the violin with a little, in her little violin case out in front of her for donations. She was playing some very sweet songs. And you know, normally, the Master, before the Master had become a Master when he was still an initiate, the Master would have felt really bad, like, oh, this old lady playing on the street corner for a few coins for her existence, for her sustenance. How sad is that? But oh, the Master wasn't doing that right now. He was. He was actually feeling into the beautiful music she was playing. And then the Master looked in yet another direction over towards the park and saw two young people madly in love. How oh, it made him smile. They, they couldn't be more than 20 years old, and they were all over each other. I mean, in public. Obviously deeply in love. That it brought back such great memories for him. That youthful love, that sexual arousal, the absolute crazy out of your mind in love with somebody else. He could, he could only smile thinking of the whole thing. Remembering what that was like. The Master just stood there for a moment in a state of suspended animation. Everything just stopped frozen in place. 
And the master didn't even have to consciously make an effort to shine his light, because it's always there. You know, when the master first became a master, he always thought that he had to stop and say, I am a light. I illuminate potentials. He realized, well, that was kind of stupid human thinking. He didn't even need to do that. He didn't have to, like, an on and off switch for, like, illumination. It's always there. All he had to do was remember, I am here. I actually didn't even need to remember that because it was always there. He always realized, I am here. And then he watched. It was magical, beautiful. He watched as this wisdom and this light of the I am, of from him, imagine it just kind of slow motion, extending out now, sparkles, very, very slow, rays of light going out from him, naturally, easily into this scene of suspended animation, just kind of like the sun radiating in very slow motion, like the first rays of the morning sun just going out. He didn't have to work at it or push it. It just was happening. You know, you've got this thing today, animation, that you know you can literally create these type of things, but this was happening naturally sparkles, the rays of lights going out to each and every person in this little scenario. And he let it illuminate them. He didn't try to change them. He didn't try to force a different outcome, simply illuminating their potentials. And then he discontinued the frozen motion, that animate or the suspended state. He discontinued it, and everything went back to normal. And he had a big smile on his face. He had a great big smile. You know, it's so effortless. It's with so much compassion not to try to change anything, but just show others what can be, what can come, what the other potentials are. Because, you see, humans, they don't really they're not really that good at seeing potentials the masters who have come in the past to this planet they actually just were ones who showed humans there are other potentials that's what you're going to be doing not telling a person how to live their life not making them change their mind you know yeshua was well, it was part of you, actually, but Yeshua showed people there is another way. But back to our story. All the action, all the motion went back to its normal state, and the Master just stood there for a while more. He could kind of, I guess you would say, see into the future, see the effect that all those, all that light had. His light went over to the man on the bicycle, cussing and swearing and feeling embarrassed and everything. 
but it was so important for him to be stopped at that moment. Because, you see, if he hadn't gotten that flat tire in the presence of the Master, he'd have been riding down the road of about six kilometers ahead when a woman, about 35 years old, on drugs and alcohol, driving a car, would have hit him, would have killed him on the spot. And what may have appeared to be a angry, flat tire incident for this biker, who probably cussed about it the rest of the day and pissed off at people, it was the light of the Master that showed a different way, that caused the flat tire, that caused all the timing to change to save his life. The Master didn't do it. The Master just showed him, in a way, through his light, what his life could become. A greater life than he could have ever seen on his own. It would have been totally inappropriate for the Master to walk over and wave his hands over the tire and have it fixed instantly. That's what some people think magic is. Magic is just being there. And to the young baby in the stroller with the mother, the baby crying. The baby actually was crying so much it didn't want to be here. But what was really happening all that time with that almost hysterical crying, the baby was actually bringing in a tremendous amount of its divinity. And with that breathing, that crying, and you cry, you get out of your head, and when you get out of your head, particularly when you're young, you can let in divine energy. The baby actually wasn't really crying about messing up and having another lifetime. It just wanted more of its spirit, more of its divinity. That's what it was really longing for. And in the light of the Master, the baby realized that, oh, it's not that I don't want to be here. It's I want all of me to be here. That's what the light did, the light of the Master. Lovers in the park, all over each other. They broke up about two months later. Yeah, young people do that. But what happened here is something struck both of them. Neither one of them talked about right away. It struck both of them at that moment in the park. This was not going to be a good relationship. Best to end it now, because there was so much karma, so much past. It wouldn't have been joyful. They would have continued the the karma. So they found a way to break it off, so they didn't end up in this bad relationship once again. And that in itself cleared the karma, even though they went their own way. The presence of the Master helped them to see, as much as they were thought they were in love in the moment, helped them to see this wasn't going to be good. That's what the light of the Master did. The Master didn't have to walk over to him and tell him that, oh, by the way, you got big-time karma coming up if you're together and you're going to have a miserable life and you're going to both detest each other. One of you might kill the other one. The Master didn't have to say that. It was simply the light. And then there was the car accident, well, almost car accident, texting and driving and going to smash into each other. It just it, it would have caused so much pain in that person's life at that moment. 
if the accident had taken place. It would cause pain in the life of the people in the car ahead of it. There were some elderly people. An impact that degree would have caused them serious injury, and there was a car in front of that with a few people in it, a few kids, that would cause some physical damage and maybe emotional damage. And in that moment, in the light of the Master, when everything was in a state of suspended animation, a person on the phone doing their texting and sexting, and that suddenly became very aware that their irresponsibility was about to change their life and other people's lives. And in that moment, that person realizing now, all in slow motion, putting their phone aside and seeing this other car coming up quickly, I mean their car coming up quickly on another car, knowing that an accident was about to happen and it was going to be very serious. It didn't happen. They hit the brakes. There was a lot of squealing and skidding. And it just didn't happen. And how it didn't happen had such an impact on the driver why it didn't happen. Even later on, everybody got out of their cars just to make sure everybody was okay. And everybody said, I don't know how you stopped your car in time. It must be because you're driving a, an electric car, whatever. They made excuses, but the fact is that magic happened in that moment. That person in that moment saw a light, a greater potential. There didn't have to be an accident. It didn't have to caused years and years and years and years of suffering, and that person in that moment changed the course of their life, became much more responsible, stopped being so distracted, and actually went on to find their passion, all because of the accident that never was. But it caused such a scare with them for that moment that it was life-changing. And then, finally, the light, this light went out to the old woman playing on the street corner, playing the violin for donations, for a few coins. The Master knew all the way along, even before he suspended time, he knew all the way along that was another Master. They didn't like park benches or cafes, so this master chose to play the violin. The master didn't need any money whatsoever. And the master I was young or old, it didn't matter. The, that master, that woman, chose to appear as an elderly, maybe poor woman, so she could sit there and play the violin. And her notes were also her light as she played. People walked by and some tried to ignore her, you know, because it was uncomfortable to see an old lady having to play a violin for money. Other people got it, the magic of her music. The Master knew all the way along this was yet another Master. I gave him a big smile because she was out there working, doing her stuff, shining her light to the world. Maybe it was her light, he thought, that changed the very nature of every one of these incidents. Maybe it was both of our light. It doesn't matter, because all that matters is they saw something different. They saw a greater potential, and then it was up to them. 
The master gave the other master across the street, the woman playing the violin, where she was smiling. He was really smiling at the master. She knew him. She knew who he was. He gave him a big smile. He gave her a masterly nod back. They both put in a long day, shining their light, opening up potentials to others. That's going to be the work you're doing. That's it. You want to know what comes? You want to know what you're going to be doing? That's it. That's a typical day in the life of a master. That's it. You go home at the end of the day, not having had to work for energy or to suffer, or not worrying about harming yourself or any of those others you laugh about those days. You go home. Now it's all within yourself. You, you're back with you. You go home at the end of the day knowing that you're making more of a change on this planet than anyone could possibly imagine. Let's take a deep breath. That's it, dear friends. That's it. I don't know if they're ever going to write books about you or even know your name, but actually the Master doesn't really care, actually doesn't really want that. Oh, acknowledgement, you ask? Is, is there any acknowledgement? Sure. Well, first with yourself. And then with other Masters, you're going to encounter them, whether they came by way of Shambhur or some other way. You're going to know that that's a Master sitting over there playing the violin. They're doing the same thing. They're just, they're just staked out around the world, whether it's a coffee shop or a street corner or well, maybe a busy airport or anything. You're just going to know. Here, I acknowledge you. You acknowledge me. We're doing what we came here for. The acknowledgement is also from the Ascended Masters. When you come to the Ascended Masters Club, they will have known what you've done more than anybody. They're going to be a bit envious because, well, they didn't do it. They didn't stay in the body for the most part. They left. They're going to be a bit envious. I'll give you some tips and tricks on how to deal with Ascended Masters. They're going to be so filled with joy for what you've done, they will know. Even if not another human on the planet knows what you've done for this place, they will know. Let's take a deep breath. The life of a master. It's not trying to change the world. Woe to those who do. Not trying to inflict your values, your beliefs, or anything on the world, but simply being a candle in a place of darkness. That's it. The candle doesn't try to change a thing, the candle is just there. The candle doesn't curse the dark, nor does the candle try to become brighter. The candle doesn't try to heat the room. It doesn't try to save the darkness. None of that. It is just a candle. 
within each and every one of you, that candle is burning right now and has been for a long, long, long time. You just forgot about it. Let's take a deep breath now. Candle is a metaphor, of course, but it is so valid right now. Take a deep breath under that candle of wisdom. It illuminates potentials and will never bring harm. Let's take a deep breath for your journey that's brought you here and what comes next in your lives. I really don't want to leave I, I'm this gathering. I'm, I just don't want to leave this energy. But, you know. I've got a presentation tonight at the Ascended Masters Club. I think they're giving me an award for something. I, I don't know. I don't even know where I put it. I got so much awards. But I, they, they asked me to come by tonight and talk to them about Chambram. My warm-up act, of course, is Kathumi. That's a tough one to follow. I mean, that's a tough one, but I guess i got to get ready. I'm going to wear the same outfit that Coldra wore. Um, I, I like it. I think that will impress the Ascended Masters. But before I go, let's just take a deep breath together. Enlightenment is a given. That's not the reason why you're here on the planet. You're here to be a candle, to shine your wisdom and your light. That's it. With that, my dear friends, I, my chariot, my coach is waiting. It's time to say goodbye, so I'll end it with the way we always end things. Remember that all is well in all of creation. Thank you. Is that you, Linda? <laughs> thank you. And thank you. And so it is. Let's just stay with a good deep breath. Let this message be with you, message that was meant for each of us with much clarity. Stay with that good deep breath and really feel into it. Adamus is so clear that why each of us are here, each of us. Be with that good deep breath and we'll be back from Hawaii the first Saturday of November and then back here December 14th. So take care of you, stay with the good deep breath, and thank you for being a part of the Crimson Circle. Thank you, everyone, everyone. Love is kind and love can give and give.
Get you through. 